Hello and welcome back to The Game Pit. My name's Sean and this is episode 37, which is another one of our Essen Briefs. So as you will know by now, we have had some of our friends and gaming buddies over at The Essen Show and they are going over their thoughts and first impressions. And with us this time is Sean's wife, Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Hello, Bo. Thanks for having me on. You're more than welcome. This is not your first time joining us, is it, Natalie? No, it isn't. I did a brief little snippet for one of your Christmas episodes last year, and I'm a glutton for punishment, so I agreed to do this as well. Thanks, Natalie. We're looking forward to hear what you've got to say about the games at Essen. And, of course, you can find The Game Pit at 2d6.org, along with a whole host of gaming goodness. And you can also find us as we are proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there for the very best in gaming podcasts. So, Natalie, you came along with me to Essen this year. What were your general impressions of Essen and will you be going back again? Well, my general impression of Essen was the fact that it is incredibly busy. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of been told that it got a bit manic, but I really didn't expect quite that volume of people. And I read somewhere that it's about 130 to 140,000 people. That's that's big. I think I'll probably go back again, but possibly only for the Thursday and Friday because the Saturday was just too much for me. Yeah, it was my first lesson and as Sean said, he'd asked me to go along with him and I was really excited because I do like board gaming and I'm not a stranger to conventions and I do like going along to conventions so I was really excited to attend this lesson and I'd done all of my games lists and ranked them and I was getting very excited and I budgeted and there was lots of money involved and it delivered. It was a lot of fun. Cool. So going into Essen, you form some expectations of what you're going to find there. Which game did you find was the most pleasant surprise off the show for you? I would have to go with Colt Express. It's uh, designed by Christoph Rainbow out of Ludenort. It's an American Wild West theme, two to six players, and it plays in about 30 minutes. Although, in my experience with more players, that does run a bit longer. In case you don't know, it's a, it involves a movement programming mechanic. You're basically trying to scupper the other players by laying down action cards in a set sequence. On some rounds, you can see what people are laying down and others you can't. And the idea is to move along this 3D train and pick up as much loot as possible before the end of the game. And it was a real pleasant surprise. I actually didn't expect that much game around what I thought was the gimmick of the 3D train. Cool. So we have talked about this before on OS and Briefs, Natalie. Did you get the feeling that this was a big hit at the show or did you did you not really get that and buzz about it going on? And whatever your answer may be, why was that the case? I really did get the feeling that as the Essen went on, it, it was garnering some positive attention and quite a lot of buzz. You know, we first went to pick up the game because I believe you pre-ordered it and there was a lot of people there they were all buying one or two copies and then as you're moving around the halls you know picking up on casual conversations and then again back at the hotel in the gaming rooms and playing whatever games you're going I saw increasing copies of Colt Express so it really was picking up towards the end. Now there's lots of interaction in this game as we've been talking about it how group dependent do you think Colt Express is and what sort of gamers do you think it's going to suit? I've been thinking about this one and I don't think it's so much group dependent as attitude of the group. If you've got someone in your group that isn't really willing to get into this theme, have a lot of fun and realise that actually it is, it's kind of quick and dirty, then it's going to affect everybody's experience of the game because there is a lot of interaction. It is a lot, a lot of fun. And I think unless you are willing to kind of, whatever game you're into, like 
for instance, I'm very much into a Euro game. I'm willing to leave that aside and just embrace this wonderful, fun experience. Then I'm not going to have fun and I'm going to bring the rest of the group down. The person that's normally takes on that role in our gaming group is Steve. But as he heard last episode, he loved it. So moving on, Natalie, what was your biggest disappointment of the show? Castle Crush. Castle Crush is designed by Sai Hu Chang. It's published by So So Studio. It's for one to four players and it plays in about 15 minutes dexterity game. You basically start off with five building blocks. You build a castle around a central podium. You place your two little people of general and king. You score some points. Your opponent tries to knock your castle over. You score some more points um, and there's about three rounds I thought that this would be fun and lighthearted, actually quite a lot like what Cult Express ended up being with some interaction, lighthearted and fun. And it really wasn't. I was kind of looking forward to the destruction of the castles. I know that sounds horrible, but that really didn't happen. It was just a big block of wood hitting some more blocks of wood. And sometimes things would fall over and sometimes they wouldn't. It was all a bit anticlimactic, to be honest. Okay, because... Obviously, you've got some issues with the game. And in a game like this, in order for it to pick up and people enjoy it, it has to be instantly fun. Because there's not that much to it. There's no mechanism. There's not a lot of thinking. It's, is this a fun activity or not? What barriers were there for you which stopped it from being so much fun? Well, for one, I didn't think the rule book was incredibly clear. And I know that sounds a bit odd considering that there aren't actually that many rules. But what they were, it wasn't that, you know, they could be quite ambiguous. Um, So there was a little bit of... Is this what the book means? Is that what the book means when we were trying to play this game? I thought the scoring was perhaps a little high. It seemed that we scored a lot of points very quickly for no discernible reason and more by luck than judgment. And then finally, the game isn't great to look at. And that could have been solved, in my opinion, quite easily with just a few tweaks. You know, every player starts off with the same base pieces. They could have been in the same game of colour. I mean, you know, a couple of additional mechanics if you managed to use someone else's piece after you knocked it down, you'd gone an extra point. It just came out being a little bit boring and uninspiring, to be honest. So you're really not a big fan of the game so far. What did you think about the actual pricing of the game? Because I think it was selling for 40 euros in, in the actual Spiel halls, which is at the upper end of some of the games there. Absolutely. Um, and I would say that I can see why they priced it at 40 euros. You get an awful lot of wood for your money. There's a lot of components and they're very heavy. It's quite weighty. But as far as the gaming experience goes, I would not advise to pay that much money for this kind of game. Because at the end of the day, it is actually just a filler game and not a terribly involving one at that. Okay, so let's move on to something that you thought was a bit more of a positive experience. Which game do you think deserves a wider release from the Spiel at Essen 2014? This one's easy. It's Castles of Mad King Ludwig. The designer is Ted Alspach out of Bezio. It's a tile placement game with an auction mechanic in there as well. It's one to four players at about 90 minutes. And you are a master builder adding rooms to King Ludwig's castles. Um, And you do this by bidding on rooms and laying them down in your tableau. There are room conditions that you score points. And there is also a set of end of game scoring through bonus cards and a selection of favours from the king for building the most rooms of one type or another and to fulfill the various conditions of the rooms means planning ahead and a little bit of puzzling out and i basically think this deserves a wider release because it falls somewhere between the thinky suburbia and the lighter subdivision and i know that subdivision has had had its detractors and i would hope that that hasn't bled over into castles of mad king ludwig because it really deserves a chance on its own merits i really really like this game 
So what do you think is actually holding this back from getting this wide release that you feel it merits? Well, it is another tile laying and condition fulfilling game from Bezier, which I, you know, to my mind makes three now. I'm happy to be proved wrong if it's more or less. And additionally, I heard some murmurings that it wasn't the most visually stunning of games. And I can see why people would think that, but I personally really adore the overall look of the game. It does really marry with the theme. Well, you know, you are building a castle. There's going to be some grey walls about the place. But I just love every single aspect of this game. And I really would urge people who are on the fence to give this one a go. Okay, so you're a fan of Castles and Mackin Ludwig. I believe you're a fan of Suburbia as well. You can only keep one of those two games. Which one would you want to keep? This is so easy. It's Castles of Mad King Ludwig. It really did just struck a, a chord with me. I loved it. We bought it on the Friday. I played it twice on the Friday. I got beat horrendously both times and it hasn't taken away my love of the game. And I would play it every day and twice on Sundays if I could. Which game? That's okay, so we're not going to move on. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, okay, so... you don't get to play any of your games now. No, well, especially on Sundays, apparently. No. Right, moving on. Which game do you feel that you need to play more before you make that final decision on whether you like or dislike it? This one for me is Hyperborea. It's by Andrew, I can't pronounce his name very well, but Andrew Chiavasio and Pierre Lucasizzi from a bunch of publishers had this, but people like Asmodi, Asterian Press, um, Marabunt and Yamea. It's a two to six player game and it plays in about 90 minutes or so. It's cube building and area management. You basically have a player board that you need to use your cubes to get actions. This will power actions like gaining extra cubes, buying technology or expanding your territory. Now, I'm unsure about the cube building aspect of this game and this could just be my lack of experience with such games, but for me, it kind of sits in that uncanny valley of being a bit like a deck builder, but not quite enough like a deck builder. And at the end of the day, it just felt like a few pretty little cubes, but I feel like there's, there's more to the game that I'm probably not getting on the first playthrough that I had. Okay, so with Hyperborea, when Sean and I were looking at it, I had a feeling that I wasn't sure the theme they'd chosen fit very well with the mechanism they decided to put in the game. So do you feel like there was an engagement between the theme and the mechanisms when playing Hyperborea? Well, the short answer is no. Um, I was I was Thanks. doing a little... Next question. <laughs> no, I do actually have... I can elaborate a little bit for you. I was doing some research on this. And I had forgotten that actually it was a fantasy theme. I think any kind of post-apocalyptic theme worked for this game, which to me probably means that the theme wasn't perhaps thought through enough with regards to the mechanics of the game. It doesn't necessarily need to be fantasy and it didn't really affect any of the decisions or actions that you needed to take. You know, there was there was nothing within the actions that you needed to take that said anything about magic or using any of the well-known and loved fantasy tropes of being elves or dwarves or such. And I just, I feel a little bit more thought could probably have gone into that. Right, so myself and Ronan, we've had a lot of discussions about this before, before Essen, and we had vastly differing opinions on the looks of the game, Natalie. So where do you stand on just the general looks of it, and is it sort of over or underproduced for what it actually is? Okay, I think this is a lovely looking game. It really is. I think it's incredibly easy on the eyes. Fix. Um... He's pretty up <laughs> that, hasn't he? No, but hold on for one second. 
you know, you've got your separate territory tile placement where you need to kind of take over and you'll get points for that. And then you've got your player board where the main bulk of your actions will take place. But I feel that there are certain aspects that kind of detract from it. I don't feel that it is incredibly user friendly. I think the there could have been a player aid that would have made the first game that I had incredibly easier because the the poor guy that was teaching us the rules had to keep referring back we were asking him silly questions the whole time which would have been able to be answered by just having a very simple player guide and i I find that quite unusual because in games like this normally you do have something of course natalie the poor guy that was teaching us was steve and is always highly encouraged to jump in and ask him silly questions because he just (laughs) loves them doesn't he well, yes, but it really did take from his enjoyment of the game, although I think he probably quite liked Hyperborea. I think he was quite he was championing it quite a lot after we were having our post-game discussions. Did you get the rules and vein we... standing out on his forehead when you really wind up? <laughs> <laughs> I think someone had just put them in on black marker by that point. He had learned so many rules by that point, poor guy. No, no, Steve, it's fine. <laughs> okay, so you've been through the good and the bad. Now, you're only allowed to keep one game from Essen 2014. What would it be and why? This would be Aquasphere. So it's designed by Stefan Feld. And again, a bunch of publishers had this game, you know, like Tasty Minstrel, Pegasus Spiel, Full Cap Games, Hall Games, Matagot and Gwynedd Games. I may not have got everyone. It's two to four players. It plays in about 100 minutes by, I think this runs long. Um, And it's a full-on Euro worker placement game, which is absolutely where I live. There's a little bit of area control in there as well. I had thought that I would choose Castles of Mad King Ludwig, but then I played Aquasphere for the first time last week, and I've only played it once, and it has stayed with me. I've found myself thinking of different strategies on and off since then, and it's that's a little bit upsetting when you're trying to concentrate on Strictly. It's just a game that I want to play again and again to see how I can maximise my points because, you know, you, you can't do everything. And I just, I need to play this game continuously. But not well, on Sundays. Not on Sundays. That's, that's... On Sundays. Castles of Mad King Ludwig's on Sundays. Oh, well, absolutely. God forbid we play anything else. Nope. No. Um, <laughs> you have been really positive on this and we've had lots of discussions about it. But are there any aspects to this game that you didn't quite enjoy as much as some of the others, like the program and the robots, which I think you really enjoyed. Okay, this is really nitpicky, and it's probably more to do with my OCD than any kind of game flaw. But (laughs) the fact that you cannot complete your lab in the four or five rounds that there are without doing that action twice, and I didn't really cop onto that until the very end, and I couldn't complete my lab, so it just sat there with one segment missing, you know, hounding me and and giving me the evil eye. That's the that's just stayed with me. That's the only thing that that has really niggled at me since. Probably why I want to play again. You're I want really to complete that. Lab. Snowflake. <laughs> I am. I want. I need to complete that lab. It's it's haunting me at night. Okay, go back and play it solo and complete your lab and go for it. I, I need to. I need to. Okay. It's got an interesting theme here. This aquasphere idea, research station at the bottom of the sea. How much of the appeal of the game comes from that unusual aquatic theme in Aquasphere? And how important is the theme in making this more enjoyable for you than any other Feld games you may have played? So I've only ever played one other Feld game. I had to look at his long list and it's Bruges. I quite enjoyed Bruges, but not as much as this. And I will say, I'll be completely upfront, the theme is actually what drew me to this. I hardly knew anything about the game. I saw a picture of it. I saw the layout of the 
components on board game geek and i was like yep yeah, i need to go and see that it was, came to the, right to the top of my list it was one of the first things that i wanted to go and see i didn't need a playthrough i didn't need anything explained to me i went up gave that nice lady at hall games my money and she gave me a copy of aquasphere so the theme was all about it for you okay thank yep. you so much for your thoughts on some of the games you played at essen thank you very no, thank much you for, for joining us thank you very much for having me along it's been fun again so there we have it that is episode 37 wrapped up and done thank you once again to my darling wife natalie thank you very much for having me along it's cleaner in the game pit than i would have thought uh we clean especially for you <laughs> we let the monkeys out the cages <laughs> <laughs> leave Poria alone he's up next okay we had to let him out down boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you indeed, Natalie. We've got a couple more Essen briefs coming up. We really hope you're enjoying this format. We've had a little bit of feedback and we're looking for much more. Tell us what you like and what you don't like. You can get hold of us at thegamepitpodcast.gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter. We are at GamePitPodcast. We are on Board Game Geek on our guild. Join us and post there with what you think. We are members of the Dice Tower Network alongside phantasmagorically amazing gaming podcast, DicetowerNetwork.com. And if you're not just into podcasts, you want some videos, you want some written reviews, you want general commentary on gaming, head to 2d6.org for tons of great content. Thank you, and we'll see you next time for another Essen Brief. Music by